And so it was, when I heard these words, that I sat down and wept, and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. And I said, I pray, Lord God of heaven, O great and awesome God, you who keep your covenant and mercy with those who love you and observe your commandments. Please let your ear be attentive and your eyes open, that you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you now, day and night, for the children of Israel, your servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against you. Both my father's house and I have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments, the statutes, nor the ordinances which you commanded your servant Moses. Remember, I pray, the word that you commanded your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though some of you were cast out to the farthest part of the heavens, yet will I gather them from there and bring them to the place which I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. The book of Nehemiah, chapter 1, verse 4 to 9. Good evening and welcome to It Is Written Ministries. The book of Nehemiah is a peculiar book in scripture and it's often glanced over in, in, in Christendom, but it is of great significance, be it historically and even spiritually. Historically, because of the events that take place during this period, namely the reconstruction of God's temple and the wall of Jerusalem, the, the city as a whole, and the call back home of God's people to their land. And spiritually, because of what it represents, uh, reconciliation to God and reattachment to God's purposes. God's divine man, mandate for, for us is, is one of, of oneness and recon reconciliation or reconciliation with himself. Um, this, partic this particular chapter is Nehemiah's prayer for, for Jerusalem, the city of God. And Nehemiah at this time is the cupbearer to, to a king. And he does not know how to approach the king because his heart really wants to do the work of God and rebuild the walls of, of Jerusalem, the city. But he's just a cupbearer and he does not know how to approach the king with such a desire in his heart. So he prays to God and he lays down his heart to God and he is truthful and sincere as every prayer ought to be. Nehemiah's desire is to rebuild God's city, God's temple, the walls of, of Jerusalem so that the people of God can once again come together to worship and, and flourish as well. And Nehemiah begins with confession, saying that you know, we as a people have acted corruptly against God and have not kept God's commandments. And so the reason they suffer now, the reason they are presently a desolate people, isn't God's fault, but it is theirs, for it is the consequence of, of their actions. And God, as judge, dealt righteously with them or deals righteously with them. And I cannot say, you know, how many times I've heard people pray, and, and in their prayers, it seems that 
they make it seem as if they're blameless or they're just so righteous that they're not deserving of their present circumstance. You know, they'll come, you know, in these prayers, these people will come so bold to God saying things, but, but you promised you would do this and now look what's happening, God, as, as, as if to imply that God is somehow mistaken, mistaken in, in his dealings with them or the way God, they're, they're being dealt with. No, God is always righteous and that is the truth. We, on the other hand, as people are not so. And most times, think that despite our unrighteousness and our, our wayward attitude and stubborn nature, we ought not to suffer the consequences. But that cannot be. And again, it's also difficult for human beings to accept blame for their trespasses. We would much rather play the blame game and blame others. A man will blame God before he looks within. After all, it is a trait we inherited from Adam, right? Who, who have, he transgressed, but blamed God for creating the woman for him, right? It takes a spirit of conviction and absolute humility to accept blame when, when we are at fault. And Nehemiah does this. He says, you know, my fathers have, have transgressed. I have sinned. I have transgressed, you know, and God even does it a step further above us where he accepts the blame when we're not even at fault, which is what Christ basically did for us on the cross. He accepted the blame for our sins and paid the cost, the sacrifice, and did so willingly, obedient even unto the point of death. So Nehemiah confesses the, the trespasses of his people and himself, counting himself among among. And he ascribes it to the word of God, which is truth, as God spoke it to Moses, that if the people of Israel are unfaithful and do not keep God's commandment, God will deal with them, you know, will scatter them. And again, the suffering consequence isn't God's fault. It's the people's for violating God's word, God's law. A criminal sentenced to prison isn't the judge's fault. It's the criminals for violating the law of the land. The judge just merely carries out the sentence. Nehemiah's goal in this prayer is to seek God's mercy. And he realized that they aren't even worthy of it because they didn't honor God or his law, his word. And isn't that why all of humanity needs Christ? Because we, we realize that we have all gone astray and we have all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. So to seek mercy is to first realize how undeserving we are because of our transgression and our attitude towards God. We're constantly trying to put ourselves above God's authority. And if we, but if we come to God in humility and we do it sincerely, auditing ourselves, we'll find that God responds. He responds with the voice of grace. It is not uncommon in our law courts for judges to reduce sentences, especially when they find like the defendant is remorseful. You know, how, how much more our, our, our Father in heaven when we come to him you know, with, a, with a truly repentant heart. And this prayer by Nehemiah as he comes to God is one filled with the utmost humility. He has a desire to do the work of God, to build, to rebuild. 
but he realizes that if he must even undergo this construction or this project or this, this huge destiny, he must first come to God truthfully and acknowledge that he has sinned, he has transgressed, and that God is, is not to be blamed for their present circumstance. And if they are to change their circumstance, then they must come to God in humility, in reverence, and, and, and fall upon God's lap of mercy and, and cry to him so that he can truly respond with a voice of grace, which is what we do as Christians whenever we come to Christ, when we pray, especially in our church, we are always, our, our worship service incorporates the Psalm 51, which is a constant reminder of God's mercy, to seek God's mercy, for we have transgressed, as the Bible says, all like sheep have gone astray. We have gone astray. And I pray that God Almighty will, will enlighten us more with his word concerning this. Jehovah, Jesus Christ, Holy Michael. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word, which is light to our heart and our eyes. I pray, Father Lord, that you will give us the spirit of true re reconcil reconciliation and repentance to draw nearer to you in truth, in humility always, so that you can respond with your voice of grace, in Jesus' name, amen.